Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right. You know where you are. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Schaff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, guys, I'm going to make you some money. I'm going to make you a lot of money. Matter of fact, this week's guest, and I haven't had a guest in a long time, this week's guest personally settled a claim for me of over a $100,000 gross claim on a building on the, the insurance company told me to go pack sand. I've got with you, you're, this is going to blow you away this episode. There is so much value. This is probably going to be one of the best episodes out of 200 and however many I forgot that we've ever done. I've got Andy Gerzik. He is a claims adjuster, a public adjuster with All City Adjusting. Andy, are you with me? Yeah. Hey, Tyler. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks, Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks again for hooking me up there in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. What a mess. <laughs> so, guys, I got to tell you this story real quick. You'll get a kick out of this. So I had this building that, um, let's just say I didn't like it so much, and I sold it. And, and what happened was the lady that lived in the second floor apartment decided that flushing grease or lard or whatever down the drain was a great idea. And what happened was that flooded out two units downstairs. Well, long story short, I called the buyer, of course. And I said, you know, here's what happened. And they said, hey, we don't care. We're going to renovate those units anyway. Go on. Let's go on and close. So we, we did. We closed on the sale. I filed an insurance claim on the property because I found out from Andy, who Andy was referred to me actually from one of my students. And we're going to talk about that here in a second. But uh, that even though I sold the building, I was selling the building, I'm still entitled to the insurance money because it happened during the time that I had a policy on the, on the building and of course owned the building. And Andy, it worked out fantastic. You and your team were awesome. I think you guys wound up flying an adjuster over to Memphis. I remember you had to get a license in Tennessee, I think to, to adjust in Tennessee, but it all worked out on your end as well, right? Yep. Um, we did, we now um, have licenses in eight states. Right. Um, and, and when you call, when we did that one, you, we didn't uh, have a license. Uh, we didn't hold a license in Tennessee. Uh, but with, with having a home state here in Illinois, we're able to reciprocate our license pretty quickly in most states. Um, I think it took about a week, um, to get all our paperwork and get a license in Tennessee. And then we flew our team out there, uh, prepared our scope. And, and I, cause I think, um, you just you brought the claim to, to us with, uh, it was, it was I think it was being denied. Yeah. And then you already, I think, sold it or, or thing. And then I'm like, well, let me, let me look it over. And then we, uh, we went, found it, went to work. Yeah, that worked out well. Six-figure payday. Gotta love that. So let's start out with, for those of you listening, you're probably wondering what the hell's a public adjuster. I know I haven't talked about that on the show before. I've mentioned it in passing, but realistically, guys, a public adjuster, what Andy's job is, is to help people like you and I battle the insurance companies to get the money that we're owed. We all pay a fortune on uh, homeowners and property and casualty insurance to cover our assets. And then guess what? Something happens. The insurance company's first thing they tell you is, no, it's not covered. Andy, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yep. Um, a licensed public adjuster is um, is a license. Uh, we hold a license by the Department of Insurance, uh, and we're adjuster to advocate for the insured um, in any loss. So we're able to, we represent the insured. Um, we're able to negotiate um, and, and settle claims and, and speak to them basically like an attorney would um, in regard to that policy, that claim. Uh, and so, you know, the insurance, I look at it this way, the insurance adjuster, the insurance has their own adjuster they sent out and that adjuster uh, works and is hired by the, uh, by the insurance. Uh, so a lot of people go, oh, I'll let the insurance handle it. And they kind of uh, let that, ha- that process happen where 
Whereas, you know, that, that adjuster that's uh, hired by the insurance, um, how can he represent them and you? It's a conflict of interest. It's like having an attorney represent two, two parties. There's no way. You have to have. Now, they don't tell you this because no one ever tells you, especially in the Midwest, Tennessee, and in most areas. I know in the West and East Coast, uh, people are a little bit familiar with public justice, at least more. I know in California, people will call it PA even before they file a claim. Right. Um, whereas kind of some states are still catching on and people are finding out with more losses, hey, there's actually someone that, that I can call and represent, you know, could represent us. What I dig about this, so I learned about this from one of my mentors years ago about public adjusting and, and really originally I learned about it as a source of leads. So, you know, you guys are called when bad things happen to good people and, you know, fires and floods and all these yep. different things that go on and you generate a, that you're a, a lead generator really because people call you to help them sort out their messes. And so if you're a real estate investor looking for problems, then maybe you should make friends with a public adjuster because they can refer you people that might want to sell their assets after they get paid out. That said, I was teaching in the mailbox. Those of you that have heard me talk about the mailbox money mastermind we did about two years ago, I was, I had a student in there. His name was Jeff and I was teaching all about uh, the what a public adjuster can do for you in, as part of the mastermind. We cover, guys, those of you listening, A to Z, every step you need to take to become an investor. Um, if you're interested in that, by the way, you can go to mailboxmoneymastermind.com, mailboxmoneymastermind.com, and you can learn more about that. But we, we're talking to the students and letting them know about what happens and all these different things. And it turns out that Jeff wound up buying a building, was one of my students. He bought, I don't remember, Andy, I don't remember if you remember how many units it was, but it was a decent-sized building. I would say 30 units or something like that, right? Uh, it was something like that. Right. I think it was about 20, almost 30 units, yeah. It was, I think, two, it was two, two separate buildings he had, yeah. He had a fire, and I said, you know, he immediately remembered what I had taught him as far as to call a public adjuster. He found you. I can't take any credit for that. He found you. Um, through referrals and asking around. And then initially, I think they offered him like a pittance. It was like, I don't know, 50 or 100 grand. And he wound up getting like, what, a half million dollars or something, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, so if, if you, if I can elaborate, elaborate sure. a little bit, um, he, uh, he had an ACB policy only, meaning actual cash value. Right. So meaning after they take the depreciation away, that's all he's left with. He's not able to recover it, no matter if he rebuilds the building or not. So I think he was offered, I think, 300 or a little bit under. Uh, somewhere around 300 and then um and I, th I think when we sent all our paperwork to the to the adjuster he called um i remember him calling me and saying hey you know why does he need a pa he he got a full sell and i'm like well he doesn't because he can't recover the 250 that you're depreciating he's like well that if you rebuild it he can so um we ended up putting our estimate putting you know did our job and we ended up getting a full settlement uh full uh loss of rent for him everything uh max policy um, he recovered. So like altogether, maybe five fifty, six hundred thousand. That's awesome. And Jeff's a smart so, dude. So he took that money and launched himself into retirement by taking down more assets <laughs> and buying businesses. <laughs> I don't even think he's 30 yet. He's already retired. It's like, hey, man, brother, <laughs> make it happen. So you brought up a very important point. You talked about negotiation and I, I'm pretty good at negotiation. I can usually get things accomplished and do really well on the buy side. But I got to tell you, when it comes to insurance, I don't know anything about insurance. Frankly, I got a, the equivalent of a college education just going through the claim with you because I probably wore you, wore you out asking you all the questions. But <laughs> I found it fascinating how you know, somebody like me who would normally be a good negotiator in most circles, when I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, I suck at negotiating because 
I don't know the ins and outs. I don't have that ammunition. How did you get into this business to begin with? Um, so I actually started in construction, uh, in construction pretty much my whole life. And then as, uh, as I was working for someone that I contacted that was doing fire restoration, actually, um, a lot of the leads he was getting was from a public adjuster and that public adjuster showed up to a job site once I ended up, you know, getting the number from him, uh, to him from my, from my boss. And I ended up calling him. Um, this was a PA that was in the business for 40 years. Uh, that was about to retire. So I just kept calling him for years and, Finally, when he was about to retire, he uh, he called me and said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll show you the ropes. And he kind of took me under the wing with my mentor, showed me the whole business. I mean, I got 40 years of experience. I learned in, in two years from him. Wow. So so no matter how many books you read, no, I mean, I had everything from, and he worked with companies. He worked with different claims and sizes and seen changes in insurance. So I learned all that. Um, and that's why for me now reading, you know, it, it, you know I can only do so much you know, like Tyler, your policy, um, as long as I have to, the most important thing is, is having your policy and reading it and interpreting the policy. You know, I have someone on my team now that looks over policies and sees what coverages we have, what we can recover, what, what the terms are. Um, and, and you know, we've, I've been able to, you know, create a team that we can go in, settle these claims as quickly as possible for the, for the max amount. That's impressive. You know, it's interesting about this whole topic is that this is not something that there's not a lot of education about this out there for the public, for, you know, Joe apartment owner or Joe mobile home park owner or Joe investor. We don't have any information. I know you put together a great, uh, uh, basically a, like a tutorial, a, a, like an ebook on adjusting for people like me who have properties and, and get into these situations. Because here's the thing, just because it hasn't happened to you yet. And even if you haven't even got your first property yet, at some point you're going to, and it's better. And what I've learned the hard way, especially with some of our note deals is it's better to be prepared going in, starting out the right way. And then instead of having to go back and do damage control after the, after the K, after the fact, remember you had said that we had some limitations on our coverage. Had I known that had my insurance agent told me about that uh, when we originally bound insurance, I could have been entitled to a lot more money and then, of course, on our note investing, the properties that we own the, the debt on, we foreclosed on. Um, I know that you got involved in those as well. We've got claims and, and uh, vandalism and things yep. like that. We got basically, we just had, we thought we had great insurance. I mean, how do you know when you got great insurance or not? You, we wound up having less than great insurance, I'll call it. And we had to leave a lot of money on the table. So with you, you did this. I, I'm looking at this the, in the book, the step two after the loss. I love how you broke this thing down now. What do you find is probably the most common mistake that people like me, your customers make when a claim happens? What's kind of like the top thing they goof up? So maybe we can save somebody today. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll tell you, right, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit on the, on the insurance policies and, and the agents, but on, to answer your question, um, it's setting the reserve and you, what are the reserves? Well, when people call a claim, usually they'll ask you, what, what do you think the size of the claim is or so how big do you think, how much damage is there? And, and people usually do a small amount. Oh, there's a little damage or it's a small claim. Well, they have these these reserves they set for your claim. So now I have, we have a couple of claims actually that we're working on um, that people, when they called in, oh, we had some, you know, in Chicago, we had that in, in February of last year, I think it was February, of this year, sorry, 2019, we had that uh, negative 20, negative 30 where we had pipe bursting throughout, I mean, everywhere. 
And a lot of people called and said, we have water damage, you know, just some water damage. So in their system, they thought, okay, 25,000 water damage in the residential home, come mitigate and we're done. Well, if you have water damage throughout the home, you're looking at a hundred, $200,000 claim. That's because that's really what the damage is. So what people do is set these reserves so low that then when it's, when it goes over those reserves, it takes about three managers to approve and three more supervisors. And it goes through so many chain of command that it's the most difficult that getting a penny is, is that it, it might take three months. And that's, we have a lot of those claims actually that, that, you know, that, that have taken, I mean, we just finished one uh, actually in Olympia Fields, Illinois, that the homeowner was offered, I think, 30000 And the adjuster actually came. There was a boiler system that the, the, the broke throughout the, the home, and the adjuster came, young, you know, young gentleman, and he actually told the homeowner, hey, I've never seen a situation like this. I'm just going to write this and, and put some, you know, that you're going to get an estimate. Well, they set the reserve so low, our estimate was at 200000 It right. took three and a half months. For us to prove it. it, we did it, but it went through so many chain of commands and so many adjusters just to get that, you know, that extra, I mean, a lot of extra money, but, so that but I, setting the reserves would be, would, would be the biggest one. And I have control over that amount as the insurer. You have that, you have, yes, you, when you call that claimant, you want to tell them, Hey, I don't know, but this is going to be a lot of money. There's a lot of damage. Uh, this is going to be a large claim. You want to make it seem, even if it's a water drop, make it seem, let them reserve the, the let them reserve the, the highest limit as they can. Okay. And then, so the, the so I'm clear. You call, I call in. I say, you know, hey, this thing's flooded. We've got got all these issues. I don't know. If tree fell in the house while it was raining and flooded the whole place. Damage. I don't know exactly. I'm not an adjuster, but it's going to be huge. It's going to be big. And then they're the person on the phone or somebody in the chain, chain of command is going to set the reserve higher, which is eventually going to wind up making things a little bit easier or at least a little quicker on the settlement. Is that accurate? Much easier, Tyler, and much quicker. Okay. Because if you call that claim and said, Hey, I have a tree through my roof and there's some damage. Okay. Well, there's some roofing and some interior, $15,000 claim. But if you think about it, tree, framing, wood, interior, damage, water, you might have a fifty to $100,000 claim. So the way you just said it is the way exactly you want to say it, where, Hey, it's going to be a large claim. There's a lot of damage. The whole roof, everything's like, make it seem big right. and let them uh, set those reserves high. And that's going to, that's going to make a world of difference. And I want to talk a minute about the, the policy part. I want to go back to that. But before we do, I just want to tell the listeners a short story. In this process, when I learned about public adjusters before I met you, Andy, I had mm-hmm. a, uh, an issue where a, it was ironic. I was at a, a convention in Dallas, Texas. I get a phone call from one of my short-term rental tenants who says, hey, or not a, not a phone call, but a text, I smell smoke. I'm like, what do you mean you smell smoke? <laughs> so I call the guy. I'm like, <clears throat> Call 911. What are you doing? What do you mean you smell smoke? Are you cooking anything? Nope. Then call 911. Don't call me. Jeez. So he calls 911. Uh, fire department shows up. They help <clears throat> themselves to the, the, they couldn't find the fire. So the apartment's filling up with smoke. Fire department shows up. They took one of those pickaxe things and literally ripped the ceiling out of the, the a bedroom and the whole nine yards. Long story short, I knew enough to make sure I had a public adjuster. So I called uh, an adjuster and they said they would be out in a couple of days, whatever. It was a time where there was a lot of claims going on. I think we had a storm come through here or whatever. So everybody was backed up. Long story short, when the insurance adjuster called and the, you know, from citizens, the one that works in the office, the claims person, they asked that question. They said, well, how bad is that? I was like, well, geez, the fire department came in here and couldn't find the fire. So they looked for the fire with a pickaxe and ripped through ceilings. And it's just a mess. It's that there's the water heater is bad. The wiring's burnt. It's just unbelievable how bad it is. 
And I'm waiting for, I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I've already called a public adjuster and I'm waiting for them to come out here and let me know. It's interesting. Um, The public adjuster did come in about two days after the, or I'm sorry, they came in a day before the actual adjuster for the insurance company came in. And the public adjuster walked through. He's like, honestly, this is about five grand. So he wrote me up an estimate. He says, if they offer you anything over five grand, take it. Because really, all it really needed to be done was the water heater replaced and the ceiling drywall in one bedroom. And the rest of it was just cleaning. So <laughs> the uh, insurance adjuster shows up from the insurance company and right out of the gate, he's like, 20 grand. I was like, okay. <laughs> That'll work. I'll take that. You, you hired the wrong adjuster, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just found that interesting. It's like, I think that knowing that they had somebody else in the, in the game, that I wasn't completely alone, I think may have had a little bit of an impact on the end result. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I'd like to hear what you have to say about uh, getting this right in the front end when you're actually getting the policy, you're buying the insurance. So when you're the the most important is of course, uh, having a good, just like Tyler, you know, uh, people that give advice about real estate, just like you, there's good and bad people, right? There's good PAs, there's bad PAs, bad insurance agents, good insurance agents. Most things that we see, is bad policies. And actually in your situation, I, I, you know, just like the one in Memphis, you know, there was a lot of bad coverage. There was, it was hard to get through. There was mold, there was limitations and a lot of stuff we had to go through. Um, but I see, we see that often. I mean, we see that every day, bad policies. I mean, even Jeff, Jeff on his, uh, on that, uh, on that building, he lost maybe two, another two, 300,000. If he had more insurance, he was way underinsured. And most people are. Wow. These agents just don't, they, they, they do a system. They never even go look at these properties. They just say, okay, well, this is what it would take to repair. Well, what system are you using? What, what pricing? You know, right now it's the material and labor is so expensive. What pricing are you using to repair? I know it, maybe you can get it done for this, but this is exactly, if I wrote that, this is exactly line item by line item because the program we use is the same one as insurance. This is exactly what they would pay and this is what it would cost to rebuild. And, and most people lose a lot of money and leave a lot of money and, and, and the most important thing I would say is find a good agent. Call people, see who's recommended, who actually cares about their clients. It's going to call and say, hey, how's you doing? Let me go look at the property. Did you get any upgrades? Oh, you finished your basement? Oh, you might need water backup coverage. Here's the problem, though. And I agree with what you're saying, 100% with everything you said. The problem falls in human nature is that I call and say, if I ask my buddy, hey, who's a good agent? The answer I get is the guy that usually gave him the best price. Yeah, and that's part of the downfall of the of the the agency part of it is that then tell me if I'm wrong, but these insurance agents they want to compete. They're competing by price. I get it, right? So they're always looking way for ways to reduce my premiums because they think they don't ask. They think that's what I want. What I really want is good, solid coverage. Now I learned a valuable lesson through working with you with my Memphis properties that. You know, my, that's exactly what my insurance agent did. And he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong, but he felt he was competing based on price. And I'm not a guy that competes on price in my own business. I'm the most expensive real estate agent in my entire market, bar none. I just closed a $650,000 apartment building at 7% interest with a smile on my face. And the seller was happier than I was <laughs> because I made her $285,000 more than in the next knucklehead realtor could even come up with. So I'm about the premium. I don't really give a rat's patooey what my insurance costs to with to some degree, 
provided that the coverage is comprehensive. Now, here's the problem, Andy, and this is where we need help is that how do I know what the, if the insurance is good enough for my building? Is there any resources out there that will help me get this information? Because I can trust my agent. Now here in Florida, I love, I got George Cuscudas and Clot Insurance, great guy. He actually comes, because this reminded me when you were saying it, he's been mm-hmm. out to my properties. He walks my properties with me. He understands how I'm renting them. I've got some that are short-term, some that are long-term. He walks these properties with me. He gets how they're built, how they're wired. He understand, He knows the electricians that have renovated them and all the stuff. And he gives me good, solid advice, but he is a minority. I have I've never found an agent like him. And unfortunately, I own properties in more than one state. How do we know when you're new to this and you get your first property? How do you, how can you really know when it's good? I mean, just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's good, clearly. But how do we know? Is there any clues? Is there books we can read? Anything like that? You know, I wish there was. I mean, in my, uh, in my experience and being in this industry, there, you're like, like you said, there's a few I found and I know so many agents uh, and I have actually agents that call me for their own properties that, that refer me work. Um, I, I mean, I had just agent last week that called and said, Hey, one of our, my clients is getting underpaid. I know I sold them good coverage. Everything's good. Can you help her out? And we did and everything's going smooth so far. And, and, but, it, but there's no way I see this when an, an agent has to look at it and say, you know, this is what you need. This is the right coverage for your house. You know, I, when I call on my properties, I say, this is what I have. I want the agent to tell me, hey, and, you know, I know this is, you know, we can do this, but, you know, this is the right coverage. Okay. You know, you want to be, you know, an agent that actually cares. It's going to tell you, hey, you need more. You need this, this, you know, if you don't, and this happens, like the team's educated and it's hard, you know, there is no online review for agents or anything really, not that I know of. Right. Um, and I wish there was. Yeah, um, but, sure. but there, but there isn't, and, and people are being sold, you know, bad houses and some people, and there's people that, you know, human nature, they just say, Hey, I just, you know, want the cheapest. And then when stuff happens, unfortunately, you know, it's too late. Would a public adjuster know in a market, like if I'm going to buy insurance in Chicago and I know you, that's your, mm-hmm. your, where your office is, you've got office, a couple offices, yep. but I know that you have an office in such and such Illinois. Is it reasonable that I could pick up the phone if I was in such and such Illinois and say, Hey, can you refer me to an insurance agent that would give me the, the right coverage based on maybe claims that you've adjudicated or things like that? Is that something reasonable somebody could do across the country? Find that a public yeah. adjuster in their market, call them, say, hey, can I get that agent referral? I mean, I'm, I imagine you probably get some no's or I don't know's or whatever, but is that is that legit? Is that kosher? Definitely. Um, and, and, a P, and a public adjuster? You know, uh, working as someone with experience, right. he's going to know a good insurance agent um, in, in Illinois. And he actually does, I think he's, he does broad, he can do pretty much every state. But one that I've read, I know I can say his name on on, on your podcast. Um, his name is Tom Rusko. And I actually recommended him to a friend of yours as well. Um, he's an older gentleman. He actually does classes. He actually teaches people um, on uh, on how to ensure he actually teaches agents on how to sell the right policies and actually if you go work for a firm you have to sign a contract that you're going to continue learning every month take a class learn from him and then like he's all and and he taught me stuff i think i used one of his tactics and that i learned from him and he's an agent um in your situation whereas we could we applied your deductible to a limit that you had a limit Right. And we got an extra five grand for you. I mean, that's, that was free money. That's something I learned from him in like a five minute conversation. Wow. That was easy. Five, that, that was on your claim. So that's a gentleman. That's, and again, I, I know that because I've worked with different agents 
And he was, he was the one I found where I was like, wow, this, I mean, he just, he just cares about what he does. I wish there was a way you could talk him in and take that nationwide and, and teaching the regular Joe too, because he'd, he'd probably make a fortune. Maybe I should take that on as a task item. <laughs> I don't think I want the grief of having to deal with insurance. That's why I have you on the team. <laughs> and, that's, that's, and then building the, the right team. And then, you know, I, I have some real thing building the right team where it's the contractor, where it's the agent, where it's the public adjuster, you know, having a good team just saves you stress and time to do more. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, let's talk about that for a second. So when it comes to the team, claim happens. Let's say, I don't know, some old lady decides she wants to flush lard down the drain because she thinks that Donald, Donald Trump owns the building. I can speak from experience. That shit happens. Pardon, pardon the pun. <laughs> and the building fills up with poo-poo. What, is, what does Tyler do first? Because Tyler didn't do the do it the right way the first time. So go ahead and re-educate me this time. So everybody. Yeah. No, if you have a team and you have a PA on your team, and if you don't, find one right away and get one on your team. Um, but you call a PA right away and say, hey, because now, you know, with, with our book of business, we have clients that as soon as they have, like we just had a loss in Chicago here, um, our, our client had a fire. That same day, he called me and said, hey, Andy, you know, there's a fire. Okay. We were there that same day. Out, okay, this is what we need. We need to get these windows boarded up. We need that team. No, do you have that? Yeah, I have these people. Okay, cool. We need this protected. We need a tarp on the roof. Yeah, I got this guy. Cool. Send them over. You know, we, I'm able, we're, we're the PA, you're able to work with the owner and you're able to help, you know, a good PA is able to tell you exactly, hey, this is what you're going to need. Get this mitigated. Because remember, in your, everyone's policies, it's your responsibility to mitigate the damage. And I think we felt in, in, in your property in Memphis, you know, they were already starting to question, well, why didn't they take the walls down right away? And they were starting to question, why didn't the emergency services happen? Because that it's your responsibility to protect the property. But it's good to have a PA have his eyes on it to direct you the right way. So then there's no problems when the adjuster comes out for them to have any reason to deny your claim or give you any hard time. Okay. That's good stuff. So, and the reason why we didn't do anything really, because it was sticky because we had sold the building. Well, technically it wasn't yep. closed yet, but the buyer had asked that we not to do anything because they were doing renovations. But that brings up a valid question. What do you do? So you're, you're a homeowner. Let's just say you, you, you own one little rental property. Maybe it's the house you live in and heaven forbid you're out of town, you have a fire, you have something go wrong and you need to board up a property. And this especially rings true to those of us down here in Florida a hurricane comes by, blows your windows out. If you're like me, you're traveling the country. I'll be over to Yellowstone while my windows are getting blown out. How, and I don't have the, let's say I don't have the cash. Let's say I'm just a regular dude. I got one property. I'm, I'm light on cash. If when I call my public adjuster, can they go get me an advance to help me cover the cost of that stuff? Or am I all totally on my own or what's no, that look like? You can, you can definitely try to get an advance. You know, you, you have a good PA. Um, you'll call the insurance say, Hey, we have a claim. We need an advance for my, you know, advance for my client. But you also, you should have a, have some knowledge of a good uh, board up company because a board up company will usually board up the, the, the windows and then either charge you or tell you this is the amount and then we'll charge the insurance and they get paid when the insurance pays. So you, you shouldn't be paying anything out of pocket. Okay. And if I see that is, is a huge gold nugget, I know that a lot of folks don't get stuff done and especially down here in the hurricane belt, um, they, they just let the, properties completely fall apart because they get an estimate from somebody like, I don't know, one of those companies come suck the water out of your carpets and they want like 10 grand. And the guy just happens to be $9,999 shy of the 10 grand he needs to do the service. So then the property turns into a big pile of mold. 
Um, yep. Same thing with floods. So that with you, they call a PA, public adjuster. You then can become our advocate, get on the horn and get us, number one, you provide the vendor source because I can tell you that average real estate investor, Tyler included, doesn't even keep board up companies. I don't buy board up properties anymore. I've, I've, I've sworn myself off of that for Lent. <laughs> I sold everything. You sure you don't want to come to Chicago? We have a lot of those. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I dumped everything we had in, in Memphis and I'm a happy camper because of it. Now I can live, live a free life and not have to worry about the phone ringing, scaring the hell out of me anymore. But I don't have board up companies here in Florida. I don't need them yet. And it makes me think it's like, geez, maybe I really do need to have one. But then again, I don't because I've got you. I can say, Andy, Got a problem, man. I need you to sort this mess out, get a Florida license and come on down here. Come enjoy the heat, the nice heat. So that's huge. That's huge that people can have your, have that resource out there to get things going and obviously to protect the property because this is a subject that nobody knows about except you guys. I mean, you guys, it's, it's a big secret. That's why I was really excited to have you on the show. And Florida, and Florida, now I know, um, I remember reading something or seeing with someone, um, from what I know, Florida changed some laws too, and I know that in their, in their policies, if you're vacant, because a lot of people were leaving for vacation, obviously they're, you know, uh, snowbirds or what they call them, they would leave and they come back, right. and the property would sit open. So now I know they have, they're putting in some policy, I don't know if it's every policy, but if you, it's vacant or you're, out of vacation, or you're out of town for a certain time, it's automatically denied, like they they're not even messing around that no one's there because people would, you know, fly in back and then there's all this mold, all this damage. Oh, well, we were out of town. So you, you do have to, you, you have to be careful, know what your policy states and, and just read through your policy or, you know, like you said, your agent actually sits down with you and, and you tell them what this property does for you. And that's important. People sometimes get scared and be like, well, I don't want to tell them I'm going to rent to this person or I'm going to do this. Right. You have to, because there's stuff in the policy. I know in Chicago, there's some policy that say, hey, if you if your renter or someone is running a daycare out of this property, right. void coverage, denied. And I just had a situation like that where someone was referred to me and I came to the loft and he's like, you know, can we call this? I'm like, you know, can we, he had a uh, pipe first. And two stories, it was brand new, uh, remodeled everything. And I read his policy and, and I'm reading through it. And I said, Hey, did you read this? He's like, well, I'm like, you, you have no coverage if someone's running a daycare out of here. He's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, the lady, your tenant's running a daycare. Oh, well, I, I, my agent didn't tell me. I'm like, oh, agent's not <laughs> my agent didn't tell me doesn't help. <laughs> well, well, you might've, you might've told him that or like someone, like someone's got to ask someone, you know, ask the question ask the questions or tell the agents as much as information. I mean, they should ask you, but do your due diligence because don't count on anyone. Here's a little bomb for you guys listening. I, when I first started doing short-term rentals, the Airbnb stuff, and I, I was listening to one of my mentors who had said, who had also got into the short-term rental thing. He says, make sure if you own the building, you're doing a short-term rental and make sure your insurance company knows about it. And that you put a rider on your policy to cover that sort of short-term occupancy because it's considered higher risk. And there may be exclusions in there based on tenant term of uh, duration of tenancy. In other words, if you've got an annual tenant, that's fine because the annual tenant's less likely to damage things than somebody there for the weekend is the logic. So I thought, you know, for a minute, I thought, ah, oh, the hell with that. I'm not going to go deal with it. And I called my insurance guy here in Florida. I said, George, what's the deal? He says, oh, yeah. So he put a policy on this building. It's four. It's a little four-unit apartment building, and uh, it was, I don't know, hundred bucks a month or whatever it wound up being. But it wasn't. 
I kid you not, Andy, it was like 72 hours later, I had the fire. <laughs> and really? Then, when the adjuster came in, he's like, oh, I see here that you've got a rider policy and you're, good, you're, you're in good shape because as a short-term rental, um, kind of along the lines of what you were saying with the vacancy thing, there would have been a problem, a big problem. Because um, that was actually a named exclusion on my policy. They actually, it, it, wow, yeah, yeah, and that's a Florida thing, I guess. And it, let me ask you a question though about t- tenancy and occupancy and all this. You're talking about when somebody lives out of state, right? So they're an absentee owner. Doesn't mm-hmm. the same thing apply to flips? And I, a lot of flippers either don't have any insurance at all, or they go out and get regular homeowners insurance on a house they're flipping, and nobody lives there. You know, sometimes it's just studs. Is this a problem? Yes. We handle builders. That, uh, we have actually contractors that call us for lots of the properties they were doing. Um, because if you're repairing a property or flipping a property, you should have builders insurance. There is insurance for that. There are different coverages and, and you should have insurance because if something happens, you have no coverage. Wow. You know, it's a vacant property, and most you know most most uh, regular homeowners. If it's vacant, if it's there's so many exclusions. I mean, they're adding more exclusions than 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 endorsements. Wow, wow, wow! So if, if you're flipping properties, you should have you should be have an agent that hey, I'm flipping properties. Oh, okay, I know exactly what you need. So you can, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a State Farm guy. It should be it shouldn't be State Farm also. It should be probably an independent uh, agent that knows about you know building and contractors and and different types of uh, insurance like that. So at the end of the day, I think I have an insurance agent told me this once is that you can insure against just about anything. It really comes down to whether the insurance company knows about it, has specifically addressed it and have billed you accordingly. I know a lady that wrote insurance for like uh, a stunt, stuntmen and things like that. People that do stunts. And she's mm-hmm. oh yeah, I mean, we have people jump off of bridges with like no safety gear and we'll, we'll insure against that. It's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> we'll insure against it. <laughs> it's like, wow. So I guess really communicating with your agent then is, is the, is where you need to be. Yeah. You have to communicate. You have to tell them what's going on, what you're doing with the property. Um, any situation, if you're, if you're, if you're flipping, if you're holding, if you're doing rental, multi, multi, you know, um, here in Chicago, a lot of our clients, uh, have uh, you know larger units, you know ten, twenty units, or they own condos in those units. Well, then you have you know coverage for the units separately by the owners, by the condo owners, and then you have um, association coverage. And in Illinois, it goes. It doesn't matter what you insure against in those buildings. It's right. what the bylaws say. That's who covers what. It goes by bylaws. So you have you have to explain all that to your agent and, and tell them. And, and technically, they're supposed to ask, but they 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 usually don't. God, this whole thing that keep me awake at night tonight. Uh, <laughs> I just, I yeah, know. I mean, it's just, and, and just like just just like your tenants, I we we have you know me and my wife own rentals, and we tell our tenants, please, I tell them all, please, please get rental insurance, get renters insurance. It's cheap, it's twenty twenty five dollars a month. If something happens, my insurance does not cover any any property that you have in my building. And I and you know when when my clients call me and say. And we had a loss and I go there and then, you know, they're like, Hey, my tenants asking, you know, what about all this stuff? What about it? It's out of their pocket. And I go into these houses and there's, and there's just, everything's burnt down. And, and I asked my, did they have insurance? No. And I'm just like, Next I'm thing, you know, well, I had a suitcase of, of hundred dollar bills in the <laughs> closet. No, you didn't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're, and then the, 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 the landlord, you, Tyler, you're hearing about it, right? Hey, can you help me out? Hey, why, why aren't you covering? Hey, and then they're going to, you know, then it's, 
it just gets messy. Exactly. Here's the number to my attorney. Thanks for burning my place down, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you put a little note in here. I was looking at your your public adjusting one on one book that we're going to give away to the folks listening to this episode. Ninety percent of claims, on average, are underpaid. That is mind blowing. Ninety percent of claims are underpaid. Why are they and not? Tyler, when it, because there just isn't. There isn't. People don't know if, if you don't. So Tyler, if, if you become a public adjuster and you get, you get licensed, you, you then need to build experience, right? right? And it's hard to get experience. There's no books, there's no videos. On, you know, it's not like going being an attorney where there's, you know, you're going to college. There's really not much education. I was fortunate enough to meet someone that, that taught me everything. Um, but that's just, that's just learning it. And then how about getting leads and talking to you? Well, it's how, no one knows about you. No one knows you exist because as soon as they have a loss, Someone's someone has a fire, they're, they're calling their agent, their agent's calling the contractor or, or the adjuster comes out and he's like, well, I got a guy and everyone's got a guy. Oh, of course. Coming, everyone's got a guy, right? And then who's left at the end? Who, the, the homeowner, the, the insured. And people just, and then that's when they call us. They, you know, I had uh, people call, we had a loss last year. I'm like, well, what happened? Well, I tried handling it myself or I hired a contractor or this happened. I just thought they were going to take care of me. Well, I'm sorry to tell you. They, they don't. Even when, when people tell me, well, no, they're taking care of me. If I look at everyone's insurance claim, there's always something missing. There's always extra money that was left on the table. And it's, so this, and you, it, you know, you're talking about the, this is, I'm, that's why I stopped. That's the, boy, there's some gold right there. Guy comes out to quote your job. You're talking about basically you handle this, this thing, you know, get you involved. Instead of handling one of these restoration companies that comes out, it's like, don't worry, we got it. We like you to your point. I got a mm-hmm. guy. These restoration companies are hiring whatever schlep they can find to come do the work at whatever. And the profit, I hate to use that word. I don't have a better word to use. I know that's kind of taboo in the insurance industry, but the money is going to the restoration company, not necessarily trickling down to the actual vendor. And your claim is also, it may be properly paid. But you're certainly not going to get anything in that case. Is that true? Yeah, hundred percent. It's true, and it's not about profiting from your loss or, or making money or walking away, you know, with a fortune here. It's you should be in control of the money, right? You are the insured. So what I tell clients, all my clients now, just call us first. We show up and, and then we say, "Do you have contractors? Okay, well here's a couple we know that are good, but here call a couple, find out, get quotes. You know, you already know how much you're getting paid. Get quotes." Why are people, you know, if Jeff, let's just say Jeff, uh, when we were helping, he hired a restoration company. Well, they would have came in, started the repairs, and then they would have done all the repairs and say, oh, hey, um, you know, you're not getting the all the money because you only have an ACV policy. We didn't know. So you're going to pay us 200 out of pocket? Cool. <laughs> I mean, that, and, and so what I tell people, I'm like, slow down. Restoration companies are good for mitigation, they're for repairs. Of course, there's good ones. I, there's nothing wrong with hiring. It's just when people... People just get forced. These restoration companies just forced. They, sometimes they even show up. I mean, Allstate's not even coming out. Adjusters aren't even coming out to losses no more. They're just sending their vendors. So a contractor's coming to, to do the scope and then trying to sign you up at the same time, believe it or not. Oh, I don't know God. how that's legal, but that's what they're doing to people. And I just had a situation like that. And, you know, they came in the first day, they, they wrote that. And the second day they came and I'm sitting with the owner in the kitchen. Right. And, and the, the door went, my owner, you know, homeowner uh, client went to speak with him and I hear him, you know, I hear the frustration. I think, well, hey, why, you don't need a PA, you know, we're already with Allstate and we'll just do the repairs. We're already doing that. 
yeah. So that's what, and my homeowner just eyes just open up. He's like, I can't believe this. I'm like, this is, I'm sorry, but this is what happens. Yeah. So these knuckleheads, I shouldn't say that. That's pretty, pretty genius in a thieving kind of way. These insurance companies have partnered with restoration companies essentially to bump the, the checks and balances, the, the PA out yeah, of the sure. equation, get directly with, yep. with Joe Sixpack at the kitchen table and therefore get here, sign here. We're going to get it taken care of because that's really what this comes down to is our responsibilities to take care of the repair. Um, maybe the guys, the, the restoration companies worked out a deal with Allstate or whatever, but there's nothing left for you for, I don't know, your house being torn up for three months while they're rebuilding it or none of that. And what I dig about your service, Andy, and I'll be honest with you, I'm guys, the girls listen to the show. I call it like I see it. I got no bullshit for anybody. I write to the point. You know that about me. You're on commission yep. and your commission yep. comes off of the top line, not the bottom line, so, which I like. I want you to be paid on gross because you need to get, a, the less you get me, the less you make, period. That's why I like working with people that are on commission and the commission that also affects my bottom line. Because if you get me 10 grand, well, that's not really worth your time at, at the percentage of your fee, but you get me a, a million now you might be taking the wife to Bermuda for a weekend or two, right? Um, yeah, so we might never come back. Jeffrey. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of my places will burn to the ground. No, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> fire scared the hell out of me. I'm an ex-firefighter. I think every time, I'm, I'm just glad that there was no injury when I had our fire. We just had a house down the street from us uh, burning almost to the ground a couple weeks ago. And it's just, it's just terrible to think about, but but it's true. I mean, you being on commission kind of keeps, uh, makes it a level playing field. It keeps you accountable. And like, if you were some guy that was on salary and you're getting your thousand bucks a week or whatever you get to do your job, well, you don't really have any incentive to represent me or to get me more money for my claim and get my life back on track and get my business back on track, get my tenants situated. It's whatever. It has no, no very, or no, no impact on you, but Buddy, being on commission, I know from experience because I work with you, you work your ass off and so does your whole team, making sure we get paid. And let's be honest, it, it, it helps that you get a fat paycheck out of that. Well worth it, might I add. I mean, you get a very small percentage, in my opinion, as compared to what I think you're worth. Don't, I'll deny that on the next, if there's another claim. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you, were, you guys are worth every penny. And frankly, it's a check I didn't have to write. So whatever. <laughs> See if I care. And our fees, you know, when I talk to people, people call us and they're like, well, what, you know, how, how do I have to pay? You don't have to pay us. Most PAs, they just work on contingency, just like we do. Right. So we work based on what we recover. And what I do for clients who sometimes older claims, if you already had a claim, I look at it and say, okay, well, that's what you already got. So on this one, let me show you how much more I can get you. And I only charge you, uh, we only charge on whatever extra we get. And then people are like, oh, okay, well, that's fair. And then they see how much more, and they're already happy with an amount. Uh, I, I probably could have charged them 80, 90%. Oh, yeah. You know, because, and how much more we get them, they're like, wow. So then we, I created a system and, 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 and the book of business where people are just, now it's, it's, we, we get called in before anyone else. I mean, firemen get called in or, or emergency services and, you know, uh, the, the, the insured usually calls us right away. And, um, and, and we just finished a claim, a large claim. Um, where a uh, big building shop, a uh, truck repair shop uh, burnt down. And I think the homeowner, the insured received, I think it was $3,000 in advancement. Right. And uh, almost six months went by, nothing happened. They weren't responding to him and he was busy. He, he's trying to move his shop. He didn't know what was going on. 
then you know, I said, okay, well, this is what the fees. Like, no, I don't, I don't think I want to pay that. I'm like, well, you could call an attorney, you could call another. That's fine. I said, no problem. Well, he called a couple of months later and said, you know what, just do it for me. We're at half a million from three thousand. We're at over a half a million. Well, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't even cost them anything. That's what drives me nuts about this. It's like it costs you nothing. Your services to me, I got paid to use you because without you, they told me to pack sand. <laughs> so, Correct. you know, you, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's funny because I was telling you about, I just sold that, the, that the Aplex building recently and other realtors are like, you, how could you possibly get 7% commission how could you charge that when everybody else in the industry is doing four to 6%? It's like, well, because I'm the best in the friggin' business, number one. And number two, for simple math, 650,000 at 1% is 6,500 bucks, right? So I charge $6,500 more than some yuts. And I got the client $285,000 more net profit than any realtor had even thought about being able to do in the entire area. She had another broker come by and he's like, oh, I wouldn't sell it for more than, I don't know, 425 or some ridiculous figure. I'm like, 425? That's nuts. I mean, hey, I'm not cheap, but I can get you a hell of a lot more than that. Same thing as an adjuster. And guys, all this boils down to is math. I mean, Andy, I don't recall ever writing you any checks. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, we got the final check. We exchanged. We, we took our fee out of the insurance check and, and uh, we, we uh, wrote the difference to you. And it's, it's a very simple process and, and all it boils down to is just some people, you know, and I still have this, well, this is, I just feel like this is a lot. You're charging this much and put, that's fine. You, that's fine. Those, if you want to move up or, or you want to get bigger and you want to grow, as you know, Tyler, you, when you spend money and you're spending more money on, on, on good people, sure. it, it comes back tenfold. tenfold. Oh, I was, yes. We were talking, we were talking earlier. I was, you know, I listened to your podcast. I was, you know, I listened to podcast, real estate investor podcast and all of them. And, and you, you, I don't know, you, you, uh, you offer negotiation for, for getting deals. And, and I was thinking, I'm like, well, for all my properties, I'm like, I would have hired you in a heartbeat. I didn't get a penny cheaper than the prop. I'm like, even if I saved five, 10, that's a huge, I would have again, it, it's just, why would I go and buy another property without using someone? That I didn't even think about that. Well, exactly. I've actually had people like question that service. Like, what do you mean? I, you're going to charge me to negotiate me a better deal. I mean, and these are people that's like, and for those of you listening, wonder what the hell we're talking about. There are times for qualified buyers, people that are actually qualified to buy. I'm not going to go out and get you all a bunch of whole butt and no money down deals. Why would I do that? But when you have an opportunity that you're having a difficult time negotiating, or you have a particular property you want to buy and you have the funds in place, you have the funding in place to buy it and everything, all the other stuff is ready and you need someone to come in and, and hammer out a good deal for you. That makes sense. I do that for people for a fee. My fee is I charge you 25% of whatever I save you. That's my fee. So if I save you 10 grand, I charge you 2,500 bucks for a phone call. And some people say $2,500 for a phone call is ridiculous. Well, you know, the guy that I did a deal for recently that I, he wrote me a $25,000 check for that. He was a pretty happy camper because he saved himself a hundred grand on the deal. So, you know, the math kind of works. <laughs> it's like, guys, you could pay the hundred grand if you'd like, or you could get it you know, for a hundred thousand dollars less. It's up to you. But to spend 25,000 to get a hundred when I didn't, he didn't have to write me a check anyway, really the way it all shook out just makes sense. Hiring you. I don't recall having to really do anything short of, I think I had to send you a copy of my policy. 
and give you the address of the property and the phone number of my property manager. And I don't recall having to do anything else except for you called me when I was, I just got off a plane in San Diego for a conference and said, here's what we got. What do you think? Are you good with that? And I was like, that was like 10 times more than I expected. So hell yeah. And I remember my wife and I having a big freaking steak that night. It's like, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. It's like, yeah, Andy's a bomb. We need to get him on the show. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I need more Andy's in my life. <laughs> but that's it, guys. And that's really what it comes down to is putting the right people on your team. That's why I have the Sean Yesners and the Charles Shapiros and the Andy Guzik's on my team to get the stuff done. Andy, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um, no. I mean, besides uh, all your listeners, um, if they go on our website, um, yeah. right on our homepage, right next to call us, you'll see the guide to public adjusting. We, we created this awesome guide. Um, we're still making changes to it and adding to uh, adding stuff to it and we'll make changes. Um, but it's a free download and it takes you how to adjust your own claim and, it, and a lot of tips and tricks. And there's actually good tips and tricks. It's not just the guide. say, this is what it, I'm not trying to, it's not selling anything. It's actually steps to take. There's documents in there. You can use like a proof of law content, uh, worksheet. So, um, it's free for all your listeners and, and I hope people use it. And if they have further issues, they can give us a call and you know, we're open 24 seven. I mean, we, I love helping people and I love what I do. And then talking to, you know, speaking, talking to people like you and, and other clients, one of my other clients in, in Florida, we've become such good friends that, you know, now I fly out there and, and again, you know, people like you, they appreciate it are amazing. And, uh, and, and it's just awesome when we can get you paid on, on claims. Absolutely. And I appreciate all your hard work that you've done for me and the rest of the investing community, by the way, and you're being modest, your guide kicks ass guys. How do you get the guide? You go to allcityadjusting.com, allcityadjusting.com. That's a a l l city c i t y adjusting a d j u s t i n g.com allcityadjusting.com. And you, as soon as you get on that website, look down right there, like you know, a few inches down from the top, you'll see it. Also, if you don't mind, I'll give out the phone number. It's 844-MY-ADJUSTER, uh, 844-MY-ADJUSTER or 844-692-3587. That's Andy with All City Adjusting. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it uh, so much. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. And I appreciate you, have, you know, letting me speak and, and, and having the opportunity to be on your show. Um, when I found out you were actually one of my clients, um, after you sent me the policy and I received your email and I'm like, Tyler, shop, cash flow. Started looking. I'm like, wow, this is one of my clients. I'm like, nice. That's so I, um, I'm, so, How about that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Moving up in the world here. Good. Well, good. <laughs> just when I thought Tyler was full of shit, he actually does own property. <laughs> Old man's got a portfolio. All right, Andy, thank you so much. And, and boys and girls, we're going to go ahead and wrap it there. And I hope that you found, Tons of value in this episode. I know I did. Working with Andy and his team has been a game changer in our business. Now it's preventive medicine. Now we, it causes us to take a good look at number one, the policies that we have, the insurance companies that we're dealing with, the insurance agents. And more importantly, I sleep well at night knowing that I've got people like Andy and his team on my team to get me squared away, keep me and my investors in good shape. And if something does go wrong to make us whole and more importantly, give value to our tenants. That's why we do this. Our job is to provide clean, safe, affordable housing. And with companies like Andy's, we can do that. 
We will catch up with you next week, guys. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.